I thank you, Father. We give you all the glory and all the honor. Say, my faith is working. I haven't turned it off. It's still moving. That seed, as it goes forth, God brings the increase. I don't have to see it happen right away, but increase cometh to me. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Well, before we're all seated, just, just stay, remain standing here real quick. I just want to just encourage you before we are seated. <clears throat> Let's put your hands up like this. Say, I am an antenna. He is the radio. I'm receiving his signal of faith. I receive that transmission loud and clear. I'm tuned in. I'm tuned up. And I'm ready to go. Woo! Come on, you all may be seated. Come on, ain't God good? You know, I'm always delighted. Faith kids, you may be released. Hallelujah. Do I, how do I sound? Do I sound too loud? You bring me just down a little bit. Bring me down, but don't, don't, don't make, don't make me, don't, don't bring me down. <laughs> Look at all those kids. Look at all those, look at all those niños. I love them. Pastor Molina was talking a little bit about my art, my testimony about how I got saved. And she saw me. She said, boy, that man is a hot mess. Well, she, she, I think I was more than just a hot mess. I was just a mess in general. I was a general mess. Hot would include that you had it all something somewhat together. I didn't feel like I had anything together. And here's the thing, when, when you don't have the Lord and you're not walking with the Lord, life is hard. It's, it's hard. Life is, it's one thing if you have some skills and abilities. And even with all that, even when you have everything that you've obtained, maybe you have a job, maybe you have a business, maybe you have what, everything that seems out in the outward that you have, you have some things together, you know. You know, I, I, I tell my wife, it's hard without the Lord. You know, I remember my parents, they did a great job not doing, raising us in a home, but we, we you know, we were like, uh, we were a holiday Christians, you know, we came, we were good Catholics, we went, we, <laughs> we went anytime there was a holiday, it was a holiday there, we were there, Christmas, East, Easter's, um, we were there, and so, but any other time, any other week, we weren't there. And so the thing is, is that when you're raised up in, a, in, a, in an environment like that, um, particularly religious, you know, there's some good things about it. And then there's also some pitfalls. The, the, the good side is there's an, uh, an understanding of respect and reverence for the things of God. Reverence for the house of the Lord. And when people come in, when you, they have a reverent attitude, it really, when there's a reverence, um, God is able to make things happen even more because we are learning how to reverence the house of God. We have a reverence. We have a respect uh, for even those who are serving, uh, serving, serving the cloth, as they, some would say. You know, there's a reverence for that role. There's a, you know, there's even a, re a reverence for people, for their coaches. There's reverence for their teachers. There's, there's a respect, right? <clears throat> Why is that? And it's a good thing to have those things. It's a good thing to have reverence. Um, but more importantly, when you start to find out, learn about some reverence, but then there's also more importantly, you have to have a relationship with the Lord. 
that God, God gave, came here so that you can have a relationship with him. And uh, <clears throat> nothing can connect, uh, replace that relationship. You have been given, your job as a believer is to get to know him. It's, it's, it's one of those things. He has a house. He provides that at house as an avenue to access him. And that's, what, that's why we're here, so that we can connect with the Lord. And uh, Pastor Malina was talking a little bit in, uh, about my testimony. She said, you know, Pastor got saved, and he was a hot mess, and God really turned, God turned his life. I'll, I'll just take that one. She said hot mess, so I'll just take that one. She said hot, so I'm just, that's all I'm focusing on. So here, here we are, and my life is, isn't going in the direction, it isn't going in the flow that it should be going. And, you know, what's funny is that I had a lot of stuff. I had a lot of things, and I still wasn't happy. I mean, that, that ought to tell you that no matter how much you have, if you don't have the Lord, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. You know, and here we are. We're, we're, we're virtually, uh, virtually almost empty nesters here. Olivia's most, she kind of comes and goes now, and she's got friends. She's got, so we're like, hey, Olivia. Bye, Olivia. <laughs> Where'd she go? Don't even know. And so we were sitting there one day and we were looking at each other. What are you going to do? I don't know. I said, let's have fun. Right? So now that we're, then, see, there's ever, there's ever, there's always transition, but our, 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 our joy and our happiness is not just built on having kids in our home because eventually those kids leave and we have to live with one another. And then you could, you've heard, of, I've heard lots of times how empty nesters get divorced because, you know, they got to look for their new adventure. We don't really, I don't really know her anymore. She doesn't really know me anymore. You know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, we, we've been together 26 years, 26 years. And, you know, one day we were looking at each other. It was like, I think it was, it was during our honeymoon. She goes, what are we going to do? I don't know. What are we going to do? And I said, let's just continue to have fun. As a, as a married couple, as, as people who are having relationships, it's important to have relationships with the Lord. And I'm so glad that we have a relationship with the Lord because if you don't, you'll even when you come to an empty nest, like some people are so quick to really want the kids to leave and then they're miserable when they're gone. Right? And so you've you got to get to the point where you're just at every state that you're in. Have a connection with your Lord. Your joy, your joy isn't full because they're there. Your joy isn't full because you're, you're or, or you're, you're sad because you're alone. No, you're learning to have a relationship with the Lord because when you do, that's when your cup begins to get filled. Now that was just a precursor. That that's not my message. We're not taking away that time for Pastor Marcus. How many people are going to will give me ten more minutes? How many people are going to give me ten more minutes? Okay, there's at least eight or nine of you. So that means I got an extra eighty minutes on that clock. I got at least 80. You saw their hands. At minimum, eight, at least eight people rose their hand. Oh, my goodness. So this morning, I wanted to talk a little bit. Uh, uh, it's, it's kind of a mishmash. I, here I go. I have one part of a message, but I recognize the, my, my, my message doesn't pick up until after I minister on some of these things. But there were some things that were on my heart this morning that were really kind of important to me. <clears throat> and you know a little bit of comes up comes up because how we started this church you know when we started this church 
um, there were some things that were very important to us as, as a couple. There were some things that they were very important to me as a pastor. And I knew I was going to fulfill that role to be a pastor. And how many of you know I didn't want to be a pastor? I was, in, I was living in Seattle. Uh, we were going to end up moving back. The Lord had been starting to talk to me then about starting a church in Porterville. I knew people in Porterville. I didn't want to start a church in Porterville. No desire. In fact, um, because I, I put that off, I, I really believe that I believe that um, some, things, some, some tough situations came out of it because I didn't obey right away. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so when you don't obey right away, you face things in a harder way than you, you could have faced them. Had you just learned to obey quickly, promptly, and, and do things quicker. I, I look at things, avoid, uh, I could have avoided some, some messes in relationships. I could have avoided uh, some heartaches and some disappointments. And, 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 some, and some real strain, put, it put strains on relationships because I felt like I didn't obey quickly and promptly. And, you know, and as a believer, it's, it's important that we learn to obey and, and do things quickly and promptly. Quickly and promptly. See, when you delay, delay to do things, you, you, you injure your own faith. When, when, you, when you don't act on the word, you don't do the word, you're slow to respond, you injure, you can potentially injure your faith because then you want God to fix the mess that you created. And God says, God, it's sort of like, here's the mess I fixed, here's the mess I created, you fix it. He's like, first of all, my hand wasn't even on this. And I can't fix something that my hand wasn't even on. So either you're going to have to, you know, if you ever build a house, and if you don't build a house to code, what are they going to tell you? You're going to have to tear that piece of, piece of property off or that extra addition off because it wasn't built to code. It wasn't built to standard. Now you're going to have to uproot that part. And so sometimes there's going to be things that are in our life that we're, they're just going to have to be removed. Right? Old way of thinking, old way of talking. Hey, I was never involved in your, the way you talk and the way you treat people. So God says, oh, now you're going to have to replace that old way of pattern of habit of doing things with my way of doing things. Amen. So one of the things about the Lord is, and one thing I've always found fascinating about the Lord when you have a relationship with him, he, what he's trying to endeavor to do is get you to a place where you're not always self-injuring. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because a lot of us can really hurt ourselves more than anything else, and we think it's the devil. And the devil has no part, and I think sometimes we give him too much credit than we give him. I, I don't even like to give the devil any, any ounce of credit for anything. I don't talk about my past, all the sin I did, because I'm not going to glorify him. And, well, I used to do this, I used to do that, and walk around. No, no, I'm not glorifying what he was doing in my life. I'm glorifying now what God is doing right now in my life now. Amen. So one of the things, the second one of the things that was very important is following and obeying God. Number two, one of the things that really over the years that kind of was sort of like peace. Pastor Malia said there were earmarks in her life is, is, is recognizing that my personal experience, my personal experiences do not override the word of God. It's been over years, over the years, I've seen folks who, well, you know, it's been my personal, regardless of what the Bible says. Well, you know, but yeah, I hear what you're saying, but that's not my experience. Your experience doesn't mean jack diddly squat when it comes to the, uh, to the, the, the weight and the gravity of the word of God. Right. Well, my experience has been this. No. If, you're, if your experience has brought you to that point, but you didn't handle things in a, in a way, again, going back to that old messed up cart, here, God, you fix it. 
If, if your experience is that and you're expecting God to fix your mess, but my experience is God, well, I hear what you're saying, but God does, you know, this is, you got to recognize that it's not, it's not on his end. It's our, it's on our, our end. And far off to, uh, far too often we misinterpret our role as a believer versus God who's working on our behalf. It's like we, we don't, we're not understanding our role within that context of that relationship. And God wants us to have a good relationship with him. He wants one where you're not walking around be, being beat up and using your own personal. Here's another thing. Your personal philosophy on how you see things, again, could be the old messed up way of doing things. Here, God, fix it. That concept of, here, God, you fix my problems. God, you're taking care of everything. God's saying, no, I have mandated you from heaven. I have given you each a specific role to have a relationship with me. I've given you my word. I've given you instruction how to act and operate. Well, see, God, you made me this way. No, the way you are is through the fallen condition of man. Adam and Eve sinned. All have sinned. Now you're, you're dealing with this body that's now corrupt, that wants to think and act and do as it wants to act and see and do and eat and taste and touch. It, it, if you allow your body to do what it wants to do, yeah. it'll do exactly what it wants to do. Yes. Your, your body has the potential of having no limits, yes. of gorging itself in whether it be food, uh, sexual, drinking. It, it, could, it could run itself however it wants to run itself with no regard and say, this is how I was made. No, you weren't made that way. Right. You weren't made... To, you were made with, for, with God, with God, with this in mind, so that you can learn to find out what you were made for and to have a relationship. And, and you were a new creation, but you were made with a purpose. And your job as a believer is to find out what that is. But if you sink your, if you're always sinking your heels in, I'm, I'm not going to go all the way with God. You know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know about that walking in love business. You know, I'm going to walk in love because, oh, you know, I don't want, I ain't no doormat. You can't think that way. If you think that way, you'll, you'll always be limited in that relationship. If you think, well, I'm not going to give, well, you're going to, you're going to sink your boat because you're, again, you're digging in your heels. You're resisting God in a certain particular, area. you know, uh, uh, and, it, and it can be just in any area where you just sink your heels in. Well, you know, I don't believe in prosperity. You know, I don't, I'm not, I don't believe in that because that just, that just doesn't seem right. That just doesn't seem fair, you know. You're, and you'll sink your heels in, on something that you shouldn't sink your heels on. And yet God is wanting you to prosper. God is wanting you to succeed. God is wanting to have a relationship with you. And, but the only way your life is ever going to be happy is unless you get rid of the old way of how you lift yourself up and how you see you were made. I was made this way. No, God has given you his word. Romans chapter 12, verse one says, therefore be conformed. Now don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, you, the world may have for, tried to mold you in its way, but now you need to unmold that, that old way of doing things to the, to the identity of Christ. Cause that's who you really were meant to be. You weren't meant to be the old you. And the old you will always grade and, and take you back and try to keep you from being all that you, you, you should be yeah. in him. Yeah. I love that song that we saw, our identity. We have an identity in Christ. Yeah. How many of you have a California driver's license? 
who live here in the state. We all have it. And it says we're from California. It tells your address, tells your location. But you have a better identity, and that's in Christ. And, 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 and your name is written in the book of, book of uh, the, Lamb, the Lamb of the Book of Law. I'm sorry, I rephrase that. You are written in the, you are, your name is written in the book, Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you. My tongue kept twisting there. Thank you so much. Your, your name is written there. Your identity is right there. And you have been made with a purpose. Well, I, I don't want to just, you know, you can have some misconceptions of how you think this life uh, and identity with Christ is complete misinterpreted. Oh, it's going to be boring. If I follow after Jesus, it's going to be hard. Number two. Number three, you know, what, what will people think? Number four, and you, and you can just keep, keep adding to that list. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, thank you, Pastor. You're giving me exactly all the reasons why I don't want to walk all out with God. But I'm going to tell you, all of it is a lie. It always ends up being a lie because that lie is what costs people. It's the greatest cost and the greatest cost of loss to a lot of people because they think they're going to give up something, but really they're giving up that old man's self-deprecating destruction of their own personal life that keeps them from walking out to the fullness that they were created. I remember two famous boxers and... Um, they said at the end, no matter how they got, they all got famous. And when they became famous and they won the, the title championship, at the end of the title champ, after they won it all, the first thing they felt was after they won, they didn't feel anything. They felt numb. It was, uh, the, excitement, the joy was there, but then after it was there, it was like, you know, people were calling them, hey, champ, hey, champ. Because I, and here I didn't feel like no champ. I'd been used to being in second, and now when I'm the champ, I don't know how to live as a champ. I don't. I, it becomes foreign to me because their identity is, is, isn't the champ. Their identity, your true identity, your true nature is who you are in Christ. Right. It doesn't matter all that you have if you don't know who you are in Christ. Right. Because if you don't know who you are in Christ, you're going to end up in crisis. That's right. And a lot of folks end up in Christ because they don't know if they want to live. They don't know if they want to die. They don't know if they can continue on anymore. But once you find out who you are, it's like, you know, I know who I am. I know who I be. I know where I'm going. I know what I should. I know what I would. Right? Because you know who you are in what? Christ. Say, I want to know. I need to know who I am. In Christ. And see, once you find out who you are and what you are and what you are and what you need in Christ, then you recognize that you have a role to participate in. And part of that role is understanding how you function in that role. How many mothers and fathers do I have in here? If you don't act like the mother and the father in your home to your kids and they're your friends, they will roll over you. You have an authority as an parent to say, that's my baby. Girl, I said, get off that TV right now. Girl, I told you to get up off that chair and just stop standing on the kitchen table. Right? Because mama knows if you, what you, what you do, what you acting a fool in my house? Why are you walking on my couch? Right? Where does that, because you have an authority. And as a believer, you have an authority. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, part of your identification is understanding what you have and the authority that you have as that believer. 
You have the authority to change your life. You have the authority to just not put up with things that you've been putting up with. You have the authority to change the very life that you live. And I'm telling you, as a believer, once you find out what, what you have access to, you all of a sudden you want to start accessing some of that. You, you want to start accessing some of that peace. Taking your authority over darkness that will try to rob you of your peace. Start using your authority to start calling the finances that you need to take care of the things that you need to take care of. Instead of always living in lack, always having a relationship that's always dead end, always, always being dissatisfied because you don't know how to pray. Or if you do know some a little bit about praying, you don't, you don't, you don't reverence enough. You don't reverence the relationship you have enough with the Lord. You don't respect it enough. And yet God says, I need you to respect this relationship if you really want to grow and the totality of that relationship. Because until, you, until, you know, it's sort of like having a relationship with anybody. How can, you, how can two walk together unless they agree? That's what the scripture says. So if you're, if, you're, if you're not agreeing with God, how can you walk with him if you're not agreeing with him? You, you can't pick and choose what satisfies you in your relationship with your spouse? How much more, how much more in, your, in your relationship with the Lord? Right. I, you know, there are things I know that if I do it right now, it will annoy her. <laughs> I am an expert in Pastor Melina talk. <laughs> and if I do something, she will look at me like, <laughs> she will give me the look down. And I'll go, and if I say, what's wrong? Dude, I am lying. I already know what's wrong. It's the same thing with the Lord. Doing things, living the ways, and then acting like the Lord. What? Why don't you bless this mess that I created at my address? And yet God is wanting to change the outflow of your life so that you don't always live in havoc, so that your life isn't headed towards ruin. You know, you, we're all getting older. Most people forget that. You don't forget it until your kids leave the house. You don't, you don't forget it. You, you start to recognize, recognize you're getting older as soon as the AARP advertisements start coming in the mail. You're like, man, who? Is this some kind of sick joke? I mean, you get that in the mail, AARP, you're like, or you get advertisements for people who turn age 50 and they all look old and decrepit. That'll mess with your mind. You're like, wait a minute, I don't look like that yet. Do I? Do I look like that? Start losing my But see, our identity is not in the advertisements. Our identity is not in the things. Our identity is our identity is not being a parent. Our identity is not being a business owner. Our identity is not in being a, a married couple. Our identity is not our job. Our identity, I want to do y'all pay attention to this. This is very important. Your identity is in Christ who you are, who you be, and what he has for you and me. That identity. You got a, you, you, when you went to high school, you got, you got an identification card. said you went to Menachee, you went to Porterville, you went to Citrus, you went to Strathmore. They, didn't give you, they never gave you one at Citrus. I don't get a, a student body card at Citrus? No. I'm like, damn, man, why are you all hard over here, man? Who, who's ever, don't raise your hand. Who here's ever, you can raise your hand if you want. Who's ever ended up at Citrus? Oh, <laughs> true love, baby. 
Only true love could be happening at Citrus High School. There ain't no secrets there. Why are you here? Everybody knows. Everybody knows I didn't like showing up to school. Everybody knows I got into that fight. That's how I'm here. What do you mean, why did I end up here? Especially Porterville Small as it is. Everybody knows why you're there. I was there. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I was only there for two months. Thank you, Jesus. And I, I, I questioned those credits that they gave me to graduate. I think they just gave them because they just wanted me to get out of here. Just keep it rolling, boy. Just keep it rolling. But your life ain't over just because, you know, you went to Citrus. Come on. We got to have a Citrus class reunion. Hey, all those folks. I can imagine the Citrus school dance. That's that old cholo dance. I, I don't know if you guys, they, they, I don't know if they still do that. All at one spot. I did that to my, for my uncle one day. He got so mad at me. He threw, man, you messed up, man. I'm going I'm to whoop you. I was like, I'm not going to say what he said, but that was a little bit of what he said. He thought I was making fun of him, but I really wasn't. But I really kind of was, but I wasn't. <laughs> you ain't Mexican unless you had a couple cholos in your family. That's all I'm saying. And so, you know, here we are. Our identification should be found in Jesus. It's not in our past. It's not in our, in our, in our current. It's in the future. Because we're in the greatest staging and training ground that there is. It's called planet Earth. God has set you here for this time, this moment, to have the best life, to, 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 to show that you can learn, that you're teachable, that you're humble, and that, 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 that you can do something better than what you've already been given. There are some people that have been given real hard lives. And with Christ have turned their lives around and have done some marvelous things. I'm not saying that your life is going to be absent of problems. But what I'm saying is that you have the answers in your word day in, day out. Amen. Praise God. And again, this isn't this is getting to my message, but let's open our Matthew chapter 16. I haven't gotten in my message yet. Well, I'm okay. Are you okay? Matthew 16. You know, it's important to know what's in the word, right? Find it out, write it down, make a note to yourself, read, listen to it on the podcast. I mean, you get the word free. I mean, after you get here, you can go home, re-listen to it. You know, that was one of the things that, that really changed my life is Pastor Molina's dad gave me audio cassettes. I'm like, audio cassettes for what? She goes, so you can listen to God's word. And then I'm like, I go, because faith comes by hearing. And he showed me in scripture, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So I'm like, oh, you hear the word and it produces faith. But he said, more importantly than just hearing tapes, you should, every time you read your Bible, read it out loud. So Because I, what I wanted to do, and because we didn't, you know, I didn't have those little audio tapes. But even it, you, you, there's something different about when you're saying it out loud. Yeah. I, even if you listen to the Bible on a, on a cassette, or an MP3 or whatever device you use, there's something different about you reading it out loud to you. You put your hands up. I mean, I would do this because I'm like, I'd get, I, I'm just telling, this is how I'm, I get distracted easy. And so, there. I went to Citrus. That, that's my, that's my go-to. I went to Citrus. Don't look at me like that. 
I had my hands in my hand and I'd sit here and I just said, I thank you, dear Heavenly Father. I said, and then I would read the word out loud to myself so I could hear myself say, and then my faith would grow. My trust in God would grow. You can't grow by staying silent. You're, you were made to have a vocal relationship with the Lord. Your spirit, man, is activated every time you hear the word. Every time even you hear yourself speaking the word, it's activated. There's something so unique and so special about it. And over here in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, um, Jesus had called his disciples. says, who, who, do we, who do you say, who do people say that I am? And in verse 13, it says, when Jesus came into the region in Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do men say that I am, the son of man am? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, and the others Jeremiah, and others say others of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Now he's, now he's saying to his disciples, because this is more important than what others say about, because they don't know who I am. But what's more important is, because we have an re intimate relationship who do you say that I am? Hear me? You're a believer. You've asked Jesus in your heart. More importantly, who do you say? Now, this is important to God. This is important to Jesus. Who do you say that I am in your home? Who do you say when you're going through a tough time? Who do you say when the, the, the odds seem stacked up against you and you feel like you're not going to make it? Who do you say that I am? That's important. Especially when you're in the midst of a storm. Especially, especially when you don't know if you're going to make it or not. Because there's many times we're going to face situations where we don't feel like we're going to make it. We don't feel like we're going to make it in a relationship. We don't feel like we're going to make it at home. We don't feel like we're going to make it at work. We don't feel like we're, there's going to just be things. But see, the, the, the path of the just doesn't sit there and, what, and looks at He just, we walk by faith and we, and we do not walk by sight. We're trusting God, knowing he's going to take us over, help us be that person that we need to be. But Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, Simon by Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also I say <clears throat> to you that you are Peter and on this rock. Now, I want you to see, because he's saying on this rock, people said they think that sometimes Jesus is, being, is calling Jesus the rock. And it gets confusing. You go, oh, Jesus, because his name's Peter, and Peter, in a way, means rock. But what he said, no. On this thought of who you say I am, this is a foundational. This is truth. On this reality. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? On this reality, I will build my church, and the gates of hell, Hades shall not prevail against it. And then he says, on that revelation of knowing who I am and what I've done in your life and, and what I am to you. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Woo! When you know who you are, you can start enjoying things right away. You don't have to wait. Well, I got to wait till I'm a good enough Christian. I got to wait. No, you, you have authority over certain things. Much like when that kid trumps and runs across the couch, you have authority in your house. You have authority to tell the devil to get out of your home and stop having his influences. You, you have authority over your body to tell that sickness, sickness, you get off my body right now. You, you get, I resist you, Satan. You have authority. You have rights. You do. And I think many of the, re if, if, if the church 
You, the people, we're the church. Not just the pastor have the revelation, but if it's people have the revelation, the understanding, the clarity, the insight, the light of God on a topic, and know that you have authority and how you as an individual can use that, your life changes. I'm telling you, when I found out that I had authority, that I didn't have to live certain ways anymore, my life began to change. Allergies left my body. I remember one day, because I, I just gotten saved. I just got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'd been mowing my mom and dad's lawn. The Lord dealt with me strongly during that course of that time. He said, don't, your parents should never have to ask you to mow the lawn. You should start mowing it anyways. So I'd get up and I'd just start mowing the lawn. Don't even, they're like, oh, well, I'll just start doing it. I ain't, they're going to ask me to do nothing. I'm going to do it. Because they're my, I'm going to honor my mother and my father. They tell me to go to the store. I'm going to follow that direction because they're my mother and my father. I'm honoring that. When the Lord tells you to do something, you're honoring that rule. You're following that rule. And so when, you, when you're a person who's easy to lead and understand authority, then you, it's easy for you to use your authority because you understand and recognize that when you speak because you know how to... That's the same thing with the Roman centurion. The Roman centurion did the, understood the exact same thing when he came to Jesus. He said, she said, Jesus, can you come... Could, please, uh, my son layeth at home at sick. and He's, on, he's at the point of death. And Jesus says, I'll come to your home. He says, no, you understand. I am not worthy that you come in my home, but I know being a man of authority, I'm a man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person of authority. I recognize the authority. All you have to do is say the word, and I know, and I know my servant will be made healed, right? He understood who he's, he was, the relationship he had, and recognized the authority and the weight of the man. See, once you find out who you are and the authority he has, you under-recognize that you have a relationship and an identity and that you don't have to be putting up with stuff the way that you've been putting up with. Too many people are putting up with things they shouldn't have to be putting up with. Struggling too long. Struggling too long. Because they don't want to change. I don't want to... I, 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 we had this conversation recently and <clears throat> over, over a situation. And, and, um, and I said, Melina, I told my wife, I told Melina, I don't want to ever be that, that person who's, who's difficult to, how was that word? What was that word we used? Stubborn. I don't want to be stubborn where I can't hear. Word of a certain something that was going on. And I turned to her, I don't want to ever be a stubborn. I don't want to be stubborn. I don't want to be stubborn where I don't listen to people. I don't want to be stubborn where I don't listen to my pastor. I don't want to, I don't want to be that person. Because when you hear something, you're like, and you know something's going on, you're like, oh, and you see this, what, how many of you ever seen a car accident? And you see that car accident, like, mm. Matter of fact, it was 4th of July. We were driving in that car, and I saw an animal coming up. And I told my friend, I don't think he heard me, but I said it like two times, like, hey, man, you need to slow down. Slow down. He goes, what, what? I go, there's an animal. He's like, and, he, and he didn't hear me. He didn't hear me. <clears throat> but sometimes, and God's speaking to you. He says, slow down, slow down. But we don't hear him because we're not trained to hear him. And the animal crossed and he ran over a dog. And, and the Lord said, and not just that situation, but there was another situation where the, this individual just doesn't listen. And, and if you're not listening and you don't learn to listen, things get harder. Things, bad things happen because you don't listen and you're stubborn. I told her, I turned to her, I said, I don't ever want to be stubborn. I don't want ever want to be stubborn. And then she says, hey, what about this? I'm like, I'm going to fix that right then and there. <laughs> no, I was glad she brought it up. See, because God gives you a spouse for a reason. And she said that. I go, oh, you're right. I went and dealt with it right away. 
And she was right there. I went over there into the, to the garage, took care of some business, came back. Okay, I got, got things taken care of. Things are, I, I, I want to live a long life. I don't know about you. I want to live a long life. I don't want to be so stubborn that I don't hear. Boy, I tell you, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. I like one thing that doctor used to say. It's dangerous to walk up to light and to walk away from it. I don't want to just look at light. And sometimes in that cute, in that interesting, that good sermon. No, this is more than just having a good sermon. This is about having a lifestyle and recognizing the weight that you have in your life and the authority that, over your life. That, and so, and quit instead of just being a victim to every circumstance that happened. Yeah. Oh, they're laying off at work. Oh, oh, you know, there's a drought right now. Oh, the economy's changing. No, I'm not living by by what's going on around me. I'm not let, those are not going to be impacting how I operate and how I do things. You know, I'm not, I'm not living in the sense room. I'm not being moved by what I see and what I feel or, or, you know, or the ups and the downs of life. It takes faith that when even you're feeling down, it takes faith to say, you know what? I'm not going to live like I'm depressed. It takes faith to say, I'm not going to allow these voices in my head to be the final voice in my head. I'm going to listen to the voice. I remember uh, one, one, one uh, minister was talking how he had helped this one person get off the street. And this person was hearing voices. He says, well, you need to stop listening to those voices. He said, he goes, because your problem is you're, you're spending too much time listening to the voices. And he said, you need to start getting, get, he said, the man got born again, got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he taught him how to start listening to God. And listen to the word. What does the word say? Don't listen to what the voice, what does the word say? So I started listening to what the word, and he said in less than six months or less even that time frame, all those voices began to dissipate. All those influences began to dissipate. And he said he, he could talk clearly. He had his mind very rational. He says it was amazing. It was like, it was like God came in and flipped the light on. He says, but then a year later, he saw him back and he said, what happened? He goes, I just like talking to the voices. He liked talking to the demonic influences. You can't mess with those things and think that they won't affect you. They will always leave you in a darker place than they left you. They come in subtly. They seem comforting, but they're not comforting. Their ultimate job is to undermine and undo you. That's the work of the enemy to undermine and to undo you and to keep you from walking in the fullness. There is a fullness to the plan of God to your life. And in it, there is joy. In it, there is peace. In it, there is prosperity. There is no lack. There is fullness. You don't have to live empty. You can live, live, live full. And the challenge to you and I as a believer is to make sure that we're always full. Even as pastors, my job, you know, there's, you know, I'm going to tell you, there's times where I feel low, and you know whose fault that is? It's me. I wasn't filling up. I got too caught and busy, had work. I was doing this. I was running errands. And then, you know, you just start getting, you get, you know, in the past where you just get caught in the whiff of things. Things happen in the morning. You didn't even have a chance to pray. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I woke up late. What the heck? And then next thing you know, you're like, you, you get out of pattern, you get out of sync, and before you know it, you start reverting to that old man, that old way of thinking, that old way of talking. And you're like, what is going on with me? And you recognize you have left your first love, the things that help you be successful. You've put away your prayer life. You've put away your praise. You've stopped dancing before the Lord because you know, oh, yeah, I know what to do. 
knowing what to do doesn't replace the consistency of consistency of doing what you should be doing. <clears throat> should never replace it. Knowledge never surpasses experience of uh, of being in the presence of God. Never never expunges our relationships with Him to can maintain a relationship with Him so that we're it's we're staying full. The goal of the believer is to stay full of Him. If 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 your personality is coming up, then you need to fill up again more with Him, because our identity is not in ourselves and what we can do. Our identity is in Him. Say, my identity is in Him. <clears throat> Come on, He's giving you the job to disarm principalities. That's what He did. You know, Jesus went to hell for you. <clears throat> that was one thing I learned that when I when I first. I, that just kind of blew me away. I shouldn't probably use that word, blew me away. It just really took me back. I was taken back by that. <clears throat> because I found out that Jesus went to hell for me three days and three nights. <clears throat> and a lot of people didn't believe that Jesus ever went to hell. Yet, if you look at the scriptures, it keeps pointing to the fact he says, Jesus, I am, I will, I will, the Son of Man will be like Jonah three days and three nights in the belly of, of the earth. On the belly of the whale. I'm going to be in the earth for three days and three nights. And the Bible talks that he was there. What did he do when he was there? He stripped Satan of the keys of authority that he had. Where did he get that authority? He got it from Adam and Eve. <clears throat> Satan stole the keys of this, key, this dominion, this earth, the stratosphere, the influence. He came to Satan. Satan came to Adam and Eve, cheated them out of their inheritance took that inheritance and brought death death and death and corruption into this world. <clears throat> he took the keys of life. He took the, what, the dominion keys over this planet. He took those keys from man. And then, now Satan had them. So Jesus comes up to Satan who had stole those keys, took those keys from him, stripped them of him, and the Bible says he made an open show of him. In other words, he did it in front of all his friends. All his cohorts that were there to, when, they, when those angels all fell from heaven. He came up there, grabbed those keys. It's like someone coming to your, up to your house and taking your keys or repoing your car. You're like, why are you taking my car? It's mine now. Right? It's mine now. What, what did Jesus do? He goes, this is my earth. See, but see, Satan right now is still ruling this earth. First Corinthians, are, <clears throat> Corinthians says that Satan is the god of this world. That's what God, Jesus calls, Jesus calls Satan the God of this world. In other words, it's bankrupt, it's broken, it's corroded. The only way to, to change the flow of your life is to have a relationship with Jesus and to sever that relationship. But if you maintain your old way of living, old way of thinking, you are maintaining the old you still. If, if you're still digging your heels, you're still resisting and following him all out, and just giving part of your life, I'm just giving him Sunday and Wednesday night only, then you are cheating yourself of what was already fully purchased for you, which has already been gotten back for you. <clears throat> and then we open ourselves. Here's the thing. When you play double agent, you're always going to get burned. You always get burned playing double agent. God, God does not want you to live a life where you're getting burned and getting cheated. Amen? That's why he gave you and I the Great Commission. He gave you and I the Great Commission. He said, and he said this to the believers. 
let's see, let me just back this up a little bit because this, you know, <clears throat> before Jesus ascended, he gave each of those who followed him. These weren't apostles. He gave 70. He gave them 70 power over devils. He said, go cast out devils. And they all went out and they all cast out devils. Not, just, not the apostles. This is the disciples. This was the group that you would say, well, that's, they're not, they're, they don't have a fivefold ministry or whatever. He got disciples and he said, hey, you go out. I want you to cast out devils. They all went out and cast, cast out devils and they were excited. And Jesus said to them, don't be excited that you, that you saw that you cast out devils. He says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like a bolt of lightning. Don't be thrilled about that, but be excited that your name is written in the uh, Lamb Book of Life. Be, be happy that your name is written in the book of life. Be happy that you have a relationship with God. Be thankful that you, you're not going to hell. So be, be, have that relationship that you were given to you. And then he, before he ascends into heaven, and he says, look, I am, I am who, whoever believes in me, these, these signs will follow those who believe. You will cast out devils. In other words, you're not going to have to live beat up anymore. And if you're living beat up, why are you living beat up? Or why are you feeling like you're living a life that you feel like you're always constantly being beat up? I feel like things are always just never going my way. I just feel be so beat up. Why? Have we chosen the wrong identity? Are we choosing, the, oh, man, I feel so defeated. I feel like nothing's ever going to change. You're identifying with the old man. That's the way the old man thinks. But the new man thinks, regardless of the situation, I don't care. It's the devil, I resist you. I say to this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into sea. I'm going to just do what the Bible says, Mark 11, 23. Bible says in Mark 11, 23, say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea. I thank you, Heavenly Father. I'm just agreeing with his. See, what I'm doing is I'm speaking life. I'm not sitting there silent, and I'm not sitting there stagnant. Because if I do, I'm going to lose by default, right? Isn't that what we teach here? If you don't open your mouth, you're going to lose. If you don't talk, you're going to lose. If you don't talk to those thoughts that would try to say you're never going to be something. No, I am somebody. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. My identity is in Jesus. So you got to open your mouth. You got to open. You, you know, the Bible, is the, the, the scriptures is, is shown as the, is, uh, <clears throat> is what do you call um, the great confession. That's what the scriptures call it. It's called the great confession. And it's called the great confessions because you as a believer have authority. You can speak and you don't have to put up with stuff. But when we find out who we are, when we know who we are and what we have, your life begins to change. You're able to take dominion over some stuff. You don't have to live beat up anymore. Your life is immediately, it's like, whoa, I didn't know I could have victory. I didn't know I could live a better life. Jack, it can get a lot better. And many of us are living far too low, letting our minds get up, beat up way too long, letting our feelings and our emotions get hurt way too long to and hey, you don't have to say, I don't have to live like that. Say, I don't have to live like that. How many of you agree you don't have to live like that anymore? How many of you don't want to live defeated anymore? Put your hand up and say, I don't want to live defeated anymore. No more. Done with it. So done with it. So I'm tired of going from relationship to relationship. I'm tired of, of, of being defeated. I'm tired, you know, I, I'm... Have you, has anybody ever been on a losing team? All that, you're like, well, how did I end up on this team? <laughs> Ain't nobody showing any effort. I was like, I showed up on the, like, like, like in the disgruntled group. How did I end up with a bunch of all disgruntled group? See, that's what David did. 
He ended up with a bunch of disgruntles, and they all changed their, to their tone. In order for them to take things, they all had to change their tone. In order to start winning, they all started to start changing their tone. Even if you ended up with a disgruntled group, then you need to start talking to your disgruntled group. Hey, we all need to just start changing the way we talk. We ain't going to live defeated anymore. We're not going to live like we're beat up anymore. Hey, you need to start seeing yourself in your, the way God sees you. And when you start seeing how God sees you, your situation will change. Woo! I'm telling you, it'll change for the better. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, just start, just make a mental note. If you don't talk that well enough about yourself, just make a mental note. Mark today down. What's today's date? 16th? 7-Eleven? Come on, come on. 7-Eleven, you know it's going to be heaven. You start making a 7-Eleven. I'm going to go to 7-Eleven after church. 7-Eleven, it's going to be heaven. And I'm, from now on, I'm going to mark how I used to talk and the way I'm now talking. Make a mental note of how you talk about yourself, how you think, and how you, your attitudes on things. Mark, make a mental note of that. And, and, and you start keeping track of how you think, and you start to realize you're, 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 the flow of your life has been going in that direction the whole time because of the way you talk about it. But then you can start changing the way you talk, and then you're like, oh, I've been talking different about this. And, and, and look at the situation that you start, the situations that you started talking different about. Make, it, make, make a mental note your positive stuff you talk about and make a mental note of the stuff you talk negative about and, 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 and just look at, look at it and say, Lord, show me my influence in all of this and he'll show you because he's faithful and he's just. Have we helped anybody this morning? I'm telling you, we, we are people of victory. We are people, we are not a people of defeat. We, we're not going to live like we're beat up anymore. No, we're not. No, we're not because we don't have to. You don't have to. Praise God. Say, I am a responder. Amen? Come on, can I get some amens out of you? That, that's part of how living in that victory. We're saying amen. What are we doing? We're enforcing that victory. Every time you say amen, the devil's like, I think they're agreeing with this. And you know what God needs? is Your agreement with his word to start making things happen in your life. You're saying, I agree with that, God. I'm going to agree with it. I'm going to make some changes. I agree with you, Lord. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to change the way I talk. Well, I'm telling you right now, I'm sensing some folks, man. You're getting this. How many of you feel like you're finally getting this? You, you, so I'm, I'm going to start talking different. I'm, I'm saying something. You make a mental note of this. As your assignment, as a, as a member of this local body, say, you know what? I'm going to pay attention to how I talk this week. Start taking stock over the way you talk. About your spouse, about your kids. Oh, he's, that's visibility. You know, he's always... Check your attitude. What's your attitude on some things? And then start shifting that attitude and start expecting the best of them and of yourself. Start giving more love. Start loving more. Start operating from a position of, of authority. I'm taking my authority over that devil. Satan, you are not going to have any more influence in my life. Uh, say it out loud. Devil, today I refuse to let you have an influence over my life. I'm done with it. I'm done with living broke. I'm done with living in poor thinking. Done with living with poor thinking. Just done with it. Can't live that way. It's, it's too expensive. Too expensive. People don't realize how expensive that old way of thinking can be. Very expensive.